0: today
1: is wednesday november 8th 2023 this is quick start from cbn news i'm dan andros the covenant school shooters manifesto leaked to the public love that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a christian perspective don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating email us quickstartpodcast at cbn.org we'd love to hear from you as we're getting through the news of the cray each and every weekday morning bright and early joining me now Billy Hallowell, Trey Gomes, Phillips on this Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, gentlemen. What's up?
0: Doing well, doing well. Excited right. to
1: be here as always. Yes.
0: Right? Ready to rock and roll halfway through the week. And
1: we are going to be talking on the focus story today. Miss K has some uh, really good news.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's uh, pretty emotional about the news, too. The fact that uh, The Blind has made almost $17 million at the box office. So we'll get into all that.
1: And Trey, we talked to uh, someone from the Parents Television and Media Council on our latest episode of Faith Versus Culture. We're going to play a portion of that conversation because there's some interesting trends happening right now in media
0: yeah it's fascinating to see the way younger americans are turning away from some things in hollywood and how hollywood is of course doing nothing to make <laughs> the situation better right. so yeah but a good conversation nonetheless
1: gasoline on the fire but yeah we'll get into the yeah. details on that there is there are some positives there whatever the reason might yeah, for be sure. there are some interesting positives so we'll get into all of that and more coming up on the podcast but first we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds And House lawmakers have voted on two new resolutions to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan for her anti-Israel comments. She was accused of promoting false narratives on the Israeli-Hamas war and quote-unquote anti-Semitic activity. uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene pushed these votes and she said her new resolution replaced the word insurrection with illegal occupation. So her first measure got shot down. And McCormick, meanwhile, pushed a resolution that condemned Tlaib's comments referring to the October 7th attack on Israel as a, quote, resistance to an apartheid state. She also posted things that use the phrase from the river to the sea, which is widely recognized as a call for genocide and destruction of the Jewish state. And she didn't backtrack on that. She actually doubled down on on that after getting considerable uh, criticism for posting that and the covenant school manifesto has been leaked to the public on monday commentator stephen crowder published excerpts of Audrey hale's manifesto which were allegedly penned just ahead of the march 2023 school shooting that killed three children and three adult staff members of the nashville christian school those are just some of today's top headlines you can check out more stories over at cbnnews.com, guys, this manifesto, and we saw a statement from the police department. They were criticizing the release of three pages of this manifesto because it was unauthorized. And but they did confirm, seemingly, that these are actually from the manifesto. And we've been, they've they've not been out. They've not been released, and the public was really wondering and starting to really wonder why in the world was this not released? And at least judging from these three pages, which let's just start off with some context. This person had lost their mind. They were ready to go kill people. They're nuts. You're definitely m- mentally insane. And so um, that's their starting point here. But when you look at some of the comments, it's very much along racial lines, got those crackers going to fancy private schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their daddy's mustangs and convertibles Some expletives, I want to shoot you, expletives, and your mop yellow hair, want to kill all you little crackers. Uh, And then it talked about them having white privileges amongst more uh, expletives. So, a lot of expletives, but a lot of that sort of language that you hear in there, it's all a jumbled mess, as you'd expect from someone who's lost their mind, but also a lot of rhetoric that would make people say, See, I told you that's why they wanted to hide it from the public because. And you know, we certainly see it in the reverse where anytime someone even remotely on the fringe right does something, they want to quickly marry those th- two things together.
2: Yeah, well, it's dangerous to to do that. Right. And I think we've seen that yeah. again and again and again when you're dealing with somebody who's clearly not mentally or spiritually. Well, they've done this crime, they've gone out, they've done this thing. And then, you know, we're so tribal, we're looking to put everybody in. A box, but I think it, it raises this bigger question of why this has not been released, as you were saying, Dan. And really, I mean, I feel like every other shooting within 10 minutes, you have the manifesto, yeah. literally. I mean,
1: yeah. many well, times they had the it the same day. And then we know they had it because they commented right. on it on the press conferences at the time.
2: And by had it, I mean, it's been released to everyone, right? Okay, I, right. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's what I mean. You know, I think usually we see that happen right away in these situations. It's troubling that it hasn't happened. I know the families have not wanted to see that happen. Some of them they've they've fought against its release, but I think the public feels they have a right to know, and I would argue that there is a right to know in this case.
0: Yeah, well, I think nine times I understand the parents not wanting it released, and they have their own reasons. Obviously, they've been they've gone through something you know, horrific, but I do think that the media would have immediately disregarded that desire if it was. Yeah any other contents were found inside that manifesto it would not even be a consideration it would be don't pass go or collect 200 dollars we're releasing the whole thing immediately uh and i think that's what's so disturbing to me from a media standpoint is how much our media is constantly looking to thread a narrative uh, and it seems uh, there are some there are great people great journalists at all kinds of different media outlets but the general overall tenor of the media the mainstream media uh, is so bent on one agenda uh, that i think that should be disturbing to everybody because you're not getting reliable information even in situations as tragic and as um, as just viscerally evil as this we still are getting it from a lens of a political perspective.
1: Yeah. It's really frustrating and it's just only going to frustrate more people and then further cement those ideas. If, if those are the ideas and the perceptions that they have of the current media, of the current institutions, that if they're all caving to one certain political agenda, that's only going to harden those views on that. It's certainly not going to do anything to help the, the discussions and um, debates going forward on the issues of the day it's only going to make people more and more skeptical on that front so it's something to keep an eye on we will be um, looking into that in the coming days over on CBNnews.com in the meantime here we're going to move on to our focus story and Duck Dynasty star Miss Kay Robertson is stunned by the success of the blind It's doing really well what's the story here
2: Yeah. This is, this is really interesting. You know, we've done a number of stories on it and we continue to do them because this movie has really transformed a lot of lives and The backstory is that the movie has made $16.8 million at the box office. It has become the most successful film in Fathom Events history. You know, Fathom Events, they usually put a film in for a day or two, or in this case, it was a longer period of time in the theaters, these sort of special events, and this film has exceeded all expectations. And really, as I mentioned, changed a lot of lives. We've had reports we've done on people who are homeless, who are drug addicted, who have watched the film and gotten baptized and accepted Christ. And so really powerful. And in, in, in this conversation that we had, Miss Kay was really reacting emotionally and tearing up repeatedly, talking about the fact that her story, that her family's story, and this is the real life story of her husband, Phil, being an alcoholic, being abusive, finding Jesus, their entire lives transforming. Had that not happened, there would be no Duck Dynasty. There would have been no Robertson family the way that we know them. And so this has been really emotional for her. She told me that, you know, talking with her son, Willie Robertson, about the film's success, that brought her to tears. And she was just blown away by God's goodness in opening this story up. And she said, look, I knew, she said, I knew that if people could hear our story, if they could see it, if people could watch it in this form as a movie, that it would affect people's lives um, and really help heal. And that's what we've seen.
1: Wow, really amazing. Why is she reacting so emotionally
2: to this, do you think? Well, so, you know, it's the life change, but more specifically, she talked about people's marriages. She said, you know, you wouldn't believe how many responses they've had from people who are in broken marriages where people are getting back together. They're making it work because they saw how, you know, over a 10 year period. I mean, the film documents, you know, really dramatically how she held on to hope she found her faith and that that really brought her family back together once her husband did the same. So she's watching all these other marriages, um, you know, Come back together. She's hearing about those baptism stories. She said the Lord is doing more things than I ever thought could happen through our movie, and so that's what's driving that emotion not not the money, not the record breaking nature of it, but the fact that people's lives and hearts are are being impacted.
1: Wow, that's really great. What's her uh, lesson? She have a big takeaway on God's timing on this.
2: Yeah. You know, we were talking about, I said to her, what have you learned the most about God through this? And she said, you know, some people, they get healing right away. Their marriages get healed right away. But in her case, it took 10 years, Mm. you know, all the things she prayed for. She's like, God did exactly what I wanted him to do, but it took 10 years. And she said, and I know other people who have lived through it a lot longer than I have. Um, she said, I know God's in control. And that was her message. You know, that you, you have to keep praying. You have to hold on to hope. And she's like, look, even if Phil had hadn't come back to the Lord, she's like, me and those boys, meaning her kids, we would have walked with God. We would have walked towards heaven. We would not have turned away. And so she kept that hope and got everything she prayed for. And so she was careful to say, you might not get everything you pray for, but you have to keep that hope. And she knew she was staying right with God in that process, no matter what. So really just a, a good reminder for us to to wait on the Lord.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's, it's a tough spot because just judging when you hear Um, Miss Kay and Phil talk about the background. I mean, it sounds like a pretty horrible start to their relationship, to be quite brutally honest. Uh, He sounded like he was just a drunkard and violent and all all of these other things. And so, you know, it's, it's a tough spot for anyone to be in a marriage to be like that. And so it's, you don't want to be trite and just say, oh, well, just sit back and take it and hope for the best, you know. But at the same time, it is showing that, God is good, and we do have to trust Him in all situations. And so it's, uh, you know, it's it's a great story, great ending. But man, what a what a tough beginning to that relationship for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an encouraging story to hear, though. Like to see the arc of of his story and the redemption there, and to remember that this he doesn't need to feel shame, right? Because this isn't his story anymore. This is the Lord's story of redemption in his life, and it's great to see them being so transparent and hope uh, you know i I hope it's something that's transformative for other people who see the film
1: yeah yeah definitely and um look i mean we've they've been willing to talk to us a lot and so i'm sure we'll hear from them more in the future and it is always great to hear from them this is a family that put their faith out front and center when it's not when it certainly wasn't popular to do at the time they were doing it. I know the producers tried to get them to stop doing things like praying on the air. They wanted to edit those out or have them do something differently. So kudos to them for being so open about their lives and their faith. And it's, it's great to see because that's something that honestly, I think that one of the reasons it, it so resonates is, you know, they're entertaining. But on the other hand, this is a family that it, it has strong belief in God. And so that's just lacking in general on the overall media landscape these days. So, you know, you love to see it. And um, it wasn't like this perfect royalty story, right? They had to go through a lot of ups and downs and some big downs before they got to where they are today. So um, appreciate you shedding some light on that story, Billy. And that's going to lead us now over to the main thing. And Melissa Hessen from the Parents Television Council joined us on faith versus culture to talk about how hollywood has become increasingly sexually explicit over time and how it's eroding our culture and here's a portion from the conversation from that episode of faith vs. culture it's today's main thing
0: we were uh, mostly consuming tv shows on cable channels Uh, there uh, were some are regulations in place right as far as what you can show in a tv show and what you can't show because uh, particularly after certain hours or before certain hours uh, because uh, you know there could be any number of people watching at any different age or any different age demographic can you talk just about some of that history of how hollywood has changed and become more explicit over time
3: Sure. Well, if you think back to the early days of television, um, there was the TV Code of Conduct, uh, which stipulated, you know, if you had two characters um, on a bed, at least one foot had to be touching the floor. Um, You know, you think about I Love Lucy and they were married, but they slept in twin beds. Um, So that was that was. Typical of what you saw on television going into the 1970s, I think probably um, um, the Brady Bunch might have been one of the first TV shows to actually show a married couple sharing a bed together. But certainly there was no intimate content, no no um, no nudity or sexual content that needed to concern parents on the Brady Bunch. But then you know, and then you go into the 1990s and beyond. there was a little bit more sexual innuendo, certainly on television programs, but it was still largely implied rather than being explicitly shown. So, you know, you, you think about um, even Friends, you know, everybody's talking about Friends this week in, in light of Matthew Perry's death, but um, they didn't actually show intimacy on screen. You know, they might show characters in bed with the sheets pulled up. And so there was stuff that was implied and suggested, but it wasn't shown in any kind of graphic or explicit terms. And that was considered a pretty racy, I'm sorry, a pretty racy show in its day. Um, But as you mentioned on these streaming services, there are no broadcast decency guidelines sort of holding them in. Um, and what we are finding, and in fact, the PTC just did a study on this very recently. Um, there's almost 300 percent more mature rated content on these streaming services than there is content that's suitable for family viewing. And what we are finding oh. is that very often on these mature rated shows, um, they are very explicit. And the level of explicitness rivals anything that you would have seen on you know, HBO. We think about programs like Game of Thrones, which was reputed to have had such... Um, graphic content, explicit sexual content, nudity, and so forth. And, and what you're seeing now on Netflix, on Amazon Prime Video, on uh, Max, on all of these streaming services is certainly comparable to what you would have seen on HBO.
1: You know, one other factor at play here, and this would kind of be like a negative reason for why these teens are realizing that, you know, the, the sexual scenes aren't, aren't necessary for the storylines, which I completely agree with, by the way. Uh, There really is no justification for for actually showing, like you said, in a graphic nature, other than maybe an implied thing that might be critical to a storyline is something that happened. But with the rise of the availability of pornography and all these different accounts of people that are doing streaming services that are sexual in nature, I wonder if because that's so readily accessible that now it's caused them to realize, well, I don't want that. I, I'm getting that over there or people can get it over there. We don't need it over here. So that, that wouldn't be a good reason, but I'm just wondering if it is a reason.
3: I think that's probable. I think it's it's pretty likely. Uh, I mean, I think kids these days are hyper aware of um, sex and sexuality in ways that previous generations weren't. And I remember, you know, just a, a couple of months ago reading an article I thought was bizarre. Um, They were talking about why Gen Z won't wear sandals. They don't want to wear any kind of footwear that exposes their toes. I read the article. I was like, that's that's very strange. I never thought about that. And what they were saying is that um, these kids are so aware of foot fetish videos existing on the Internet. Right, I didn't even know that was a thing until Me I was either. Adult. But now, you know, you've got 12-year-olds who are not only aware that it exists, but they're worried about people looking at their feet in a sexual way. Wow. So they feel like they need to keep their feet mm. covered. It's 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 kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, it
1: is. I was today years old when I found out about that.
3: Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. Goodness. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I think it it reminds me of of things I've heard even Billie Eilish, the pop singer, say about why she wore baggy clothes when she first started her career is because she didn't want her body as a teenager really at the time uh, to be overly sexualized, which is, uh, it's it's good that she was modest. It's heartbreaking that the motivation for her modesty was because uh, she was afraid uh, of how she was going to potentially be sexualized by other people. Of course, you know, modesty is a good standard. But uh, the motivation there, I think, is, is kind of uh, sad. So, but it's, it's important to talk about these issues, right? And to talk about uh, Hollywood and entertainment and the, the ways that sexuality is kind of permeating our culture. And there's so much here to, to continue to talk about.
1: All right. You can check out that full conversation over on the CBN News YouTube channel. It's a great episode of Faith Versus Culture. So appreciate that clip there. All right. We are going to have time here on the podcast for one last thing. We're going to take a look at Proverbs 27, 1 and 2. It says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring and let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. So a couple things there, but I love just, hey, don't take tomorrow for granted because hey, every day is a gift from the Lord and you don't know which one's going to be your last. And then also uh, do not be prideful and brag about yourself if you if there's something worth bragging about let somebody else do it for you
2: humility is key there you go
0: yeah well i think that and just also trusting that the lord is sovereign and in control because so often we want to take the reins for ourselves and that is a surefire way to to fail every time
1: yeah absolutely all right good spot to leave it on the podcast today as always get on over to cbnnews.com faithwire.com as well for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing in that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more Friday juniors coming up next. God bless. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you here tomorrow.